Oh damn, we're in trouble now. Welcome everyone to another episode of We Are In Trouble Now. Uh, very, very happy with how the first podcast turned out. Absolutely. I was, I don't know, I was listening to it on the way to work and really? on the, oh yeah, on the way home and I'm all like, it was like I heard it for the first time mm -hmm. and I'm all like, <laughs> Is it kind of like similar to like your first like TikTok or Instagram kind of thing where you're like, you know, like, like when your first TikTok, like, did you watch your video over and over again? Yeah. Wow. That was just, that first TikTok was just crazy. Um, yeah. And it was more of like, it was just, I guess, listening to the podcast, mm -hmm. it was, I, I could hear like when we talk, I mean, it's like a mom and son con kind of conversation. Yeah. So it's really cool. I mean, with the TikTok, it was just me and it was just kind of like a, like a wow this is really kind of happening kind of thing mm -hmm. but when i was listening to us talk it just made me really proud that i was doing this with you and mm. i could hear like the mutual respect and love for it that we had for each other and it was really cool yeah you know so to me it was more of like like a proud mommy moment but it also too i was really proud of the product that we put out yeah i mean i'm happy with how everything worked i mean it's kind of cool to be able to do this, especially too, because it was like like, like a last week you we were like, hey, let's start a podcast. And then the following week we started a podcast. Yeah. And I got to tell you, one of the things that I'm really proud of you about is because you are, um, you're, I wouldn't say you're a perfectionist, mm -hmm. but you like That's things. That's a good that, word though. I, I would consider myself a perfectionist. You really are. And I think it puts way too much pressure on yourself. Um. I don't know. Well, that's, I don't know. Cause that's, I mean, this is all I've known. Right. So like if I, if I do anything, it has to be like top tier. Right. And I understand being proud, but sometimes being a perfectionist stops you from trying because you don't want to fail. Yeah. So, or like, the, or that, like, I wouldn't be good at it. Yes. And sometimes it's, it's almost like a double edged sword because while it, you produce really good quality, mm -hmm. it sometimes can't stop you mm -hmm. from doing things because you don't allow yourself that, failure yeah no i definitely put myself you don't need to worry about that oh, okay. i definitely put myself i'm i'm my harshest critic you are um but because of that i hold myself to like i mean i like i hold myself to a high standard you know if i'm going to do something i want to do it to the best of my ability and i i don't like half-assing anything right but what i'm what i was getting at is i was really proud of you because it was like hey here's a really cool idea mm -hmm. and you were like yeah let's do it mm -hmm. and instead of like stopping yourself to to try to be perfect you yeah. you you did it a lot faster than sure. I thought. Well, you this were is my—I mean, this stuff kind of stuff's my wheelhouse. Like, yeah. I, I'm really—I'm really comfortable when it comes to video editing and production and things like that. So, like, if it was like this, and this is I'm fine with. But if you were like, hey, let's take like line dancing or something. And <laughs> yeah, but also too, I asked you to do this podcast, and you—you're going to be showing yourself. Um, you're going to be showing a side of vulnerability sure. that I was thinking that maybe you weren't going to want to do. Yeah. You know, because I mean, coming into this, I really want this podcast and I want the, the things that we talk about and the subjects that we touch upon mm -hmm. to be our personal opinions. And we're sure. going to be sharing life stories that, you know, it takes courage to share yeah. some things that maybe aren't always perfect. Yeah, no. And like, it was interesting, too, because like, I didn't even think about it until you asked, you're like, so are you going to talk about like your sobriety or, you know, your childhood and things like that? And like, I never thought about not sharing it. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because of, you know, like you say, again, it's, you know, you and I are talking and obviously you and I are very close with each other and you know, we're, we're in our house, mm -hmm. you know, there's no, there's really no quote unquote like audience listening as I'm saying it. So I don't feel like that judgmental, like, Oh my gosh, did I just say the wrong thing? Or, you know, I don't want people to know necessarily the real me kind of thing. Right. Um, so it's, it's definitely, it's definitely a lot easier to talk about this kind of stuff, especially to you. Right. And, and, and I was, like I said, I was really proud of you mm -hmm. because I thought it was a huge step of growth mm. in you being comfortable with you. Mm. So, yeah. I mean, it was, like I said, I was really proud. I was really proud of you um, because I mean, I'm basically every single day I'm just being, you know, transparent yeah. and asking you to do the same thing mm -hmm. and you agreeing to it well, again. It's not so much that like I'm afraid of being like transparent or open or anything like that. I just did, for the longest time I just didn't think anybody would like necessarily care. Like I mean, like who would care about my past experiences and things like that? So it's like oh, I mean, 
they don't care, I'm not going to say anything. Well, you because it's like, again, me on the outside looking in mm-hmm. from your past experiences to where you are now. It's mm. it's like, it's something that you see in a movie. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you've come through so much diversity and so many hardships and so much pain, which is your story to tell. That's sure. not my story. That to where you are now, it's to me, it's like, wow, that is just amazingly uh, it, it, to me, it's it's amazing. Mm. To you, it's just another just another day. Yeah. Well, I was talking to Mike about that. Like Mike and Chili. Um, you know, we were talking about how we were in Africa and we were doing stuff, and it's so weird because, like, to us, like, yeah, I mean, like, seeing lions or going on a, a rhino procedure or doing all the stuff. It's just like it's so common that it's not even like worth mentioning anymore. And so, like, I guess it's kind of under that same wheelhouse where it's like, I just, I mean, this is all I know. So mm-hmm. it, it's, you know, to me, it's just, it's just, it's another day kind of thing. See, and I think sometimes it's like, I feel like that, that little bird on top of a hippo that's just like, peck, 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 mm-hmm. peck, you know, cause I'm like constantly on your head pecking about how incredibly amazing this is and you are mm-hmm. that sometimes I don't think I mean I've been pecking at your head for so long sometimes yeah. I don't think you feel me there mm. and um but it's been your own personal growth I mean just like yesterday I don't I I hopefully you don't mind but I was you know in a room full of women and I had my phone and I was bragging about you were you really yeah uh, I can't help about it about what well you know I was talking to um to Lisa's boss who's there mm. and and she's like, you know, she knows Brandon because Brandon works there also. And she's sure. like, and, and your oldest son, what does he do again? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you only have to ask me once. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm uh. like, I just happened to have a whole phone full of a photo gallery. You really? Yeah. And oh, it was man. her and another lady and Jennifer. And mm-hmm. they were just like, I mean, their jaws were hitting the table. Really? And they're like, your son took those pictures. Yeah. I'm like, yes, he was behind the camera. Mm. Your son. I mean, it was like so far outside of their thought of like one of their children doing that that every once in a while it even makes me go like wow this is really cool really yeah Hmm. so and again it's like it's so it's so i wouldn't even say mundane because how can going to um to africa um, and if I'm saying it wrong, forgive me. What's that? You're going to Africa. No, screw that. Because like, I got, yeah, dude, that's so dumb though. Uh, that, people, that people would be like, that, the fact that that lady messaged you saying that like, don't call Africa Africa because it's it's not a country, it's a continent. That, okay. It is I, so dumb. Yes. But I think that we need to do the backstory of that, okay. of that story. Sure. So what we're talking about is, is that Robert is the field journalist for a nonprofit group. You can group. go ahead and say it. The global, the global conservation force. force and you can give them the mission you can tell sure. them what so you guys do what my my npo does what the nonprofit does is we gear and train anti-poaching rangers in asia and in africa and what we do is we basically you know reserves will contact us they'll be like hey listen you know we have these uh, rangers you know they could be uh you know missing gear a lot of them don't have the right appropriate gear or equipment or training you know because it's really really a strenuous and it's a very very difficult job to put yourself in between potential you know harm and protecting you know endangered species and just you know the overall safety of the reserve and so some people don't have the training some people don't have the equipment Mm -hmm. and so what the global conservation does is uh, you know we go out there and we provide the training we provide the equipment and it's very very dangerous for me to be there um, because there's a, a, a very large crime syndicate that that focuses in in illegal wildlife trafficking. So, um, you, you know, legal wildlife trafficking. You know, the, the trafficking of, of rhino horns or mm-hmm. animal or elephant tusk or pangolin scales or you know even just game meat. It's the third largest crime syndicate like in the world next to drugs and human trafficking. So it's very very dangerous. There's a right. lot of there's a lot of money to be made or lost, and and you know people would benefit a lot more if we weren't there and so for our safety and for the safety of you know the rangers and just you know the community we don't tell people where we are while we're there i mean we'll tell people where we are you know when i'm home or when i'm a you know a couple hundred miles away but at the moment we don't tell people where we're at so it's so much easier to be hey we're in africa Versus like, hey, you know, I'm in Port Elizabeth, South Africa, or I'm in, you know, Zambia at this reserve. So for um, anonymity, we, we just we just say Africa because Africa is a very large continent. Yes. And you don't want 
you don't want to put right there on social media exactly where you are. Yeah. So because there's a legal there's poaching syndicates that follow our, our Instagram, follow our Facebook, and so they're watching what we're doing. Right. And if we post things in real time, they're like, oh, okay, cool, there they are. So, yeah. You know. And so what it was is Robert's the field journalist, so he basically goes and he does all the photojournalism. He takes the pictures, mm-hmm. he puts together the media packages and all of that. I'm yeah. extremely proud of that. And so I have learned on my social media to again generalize where he's at so somebody saw on one i believe it was on instagram Yeah, because you were promoting the podcast yes and i said robert is back from africa and this lady just came at me Mm -hmm. for just for generalizing the the continent right yeah she was like stop referring to africa as a country it's not a country yeah and you were like okay great thanks like and we, I even told know. her, I'm yeah. like, for security of his safety yeah. and what he does, this is why I do that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like... You couldn't nope, reason with her. No, she wouldn't even hear what I was having to say. Yeah. So now it's like, and it, it really kind of upsets me because now when I'm talking about it, mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I want to tell people what he does because mm-hmm. I'm really proud of you for doing that. Yeah. And But I'm like, oh, I don't want to insult anybody. So it's like no. part of me... First just, of all, that, that woman just did not... I don't think she knew what she was talking about, but I think she knew enough to like, hey, you're, this is why I think you're wrong. And these are some examples, but but like that's 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 the problem too with social media is people are are so quick to like jump on people other people's shit that they're like hey like you know like let's look at it from this this point of view because he was like hey just so you know like Africa is not a country it's a continent um, you know I, just just so you know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm she, she she kept referencing that she was like hum, uh, humanitarian, humanitarian stories yeah. and she was like just so you know like from a humanitarian point of view, like it'd probably be better if you, if you did it as a specific country, not a continent. And you were like, Oh, okay, cool. This is why I'm doing it though. Exactly. And then she'd be like, Oh, okay, cool. Just, just want to let you know, like, yeah. You know. And you know what? And as soon as the sentence, I'm doing this for my son's safety, mm-hmm. she should have been like, Oh, okay. I totally understand. Yeah. You know what? You do you, mm-hmm. I'm going to do me. Mm-hmm. And, but no, it was like, she, the only thing she wanted to do was to be right. Sure. She didn't care. Like if I was like, oh, you know, Robert is here and, you know, you got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that didn't matter. She just wanted to be right. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of I mean, there's a lot of dangerous things. There's things I don't tell you, obviously, like, but, you know, there's a lot of dangerous aspects of the job. Um, yeah, I just can't. I can't. I don't want to know them because it puts too much pressure on me for mm-hmm. what I can and cannot say. Yeah, because we've learned that I'm a little bit of a talker. You're a little bit of a gossip. I wouldn't call it a gossip. I'm proud of you. That's yeah. a big difference. So you have the rule at REI. God, remember that? <laughs> yeah, I'm not allowed in REI with Ugh, Robert because I have a tendency. So bad. I have a tendency because again, I'm a proud mom, but apparently Robert likes a little bit more of just kind of I, being under the radar. Yeah, I just I, well the thing is that I just don't it I don't know, maybe, maybe I just don't see it like is that big of a deal or maybe it's just again because it's so normal that I just don't want people knowing. See, that just that just amazes me and sometimes I think and I think humility humility? Yeah. I think humility is a really good virtue. Mm-hmm. But Sometimes I think you should give yourself more credit where credit is due. Because, I mean, truthfully, we just, as we just mentioned, um, you put yourself in danger. Sure. You put yourself in danger. You put yourself out there mm-hmm. to try to make a difference, yeah. to try to save endangered animals. Sure. I mean, that in itself, just putting those, those sentences together, you know, the only thing I hope is that you have that sense of accomplishment. Oh, I totally do. You know? But, I, but that, maybe it's just I just don't want people to know. Like, I, I don't, I mean, it doesn't. You don't need the praise. I don't need, yeah, I don't need people to be like, oh, dude, thank you so much, or like that. Like, I mean, I don't know. I just, it never, it's never appealed to me. Right. Like, and- since, since like day one, I've never been like, hurrah, like, let me just jump. I mean, like, I should, because like, obviously, like, you're spreading awareness and you're spreading, you know, people know more about the nonprofit and things like that. But I just, I've never, I've never, like, right. I've never been. Hee-haw, you know? Yeah, like, and I think sometimes I go overboard yes. because you're so underboard. Yeah. You know, you're so like, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go on a little trip. Yeah, it's like, no I'm just going to go over to Australia or something. Yeah, you know? you know, and that's just the whole thing. It's like you you, you took it upon yourself to fly to Australia mm-hmm. to document their wild, you know, their, their wildfires. Yeah. And, you know, whereas most people are like, hey, I'm going to go away from danger. Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to, you know, yeah. try to make people aware. You know, it's, well, Chris is over there and he was like almost he was in he was in danger almost every day. And exactly. I was like, I don't want him to be by himself. And that you is know? just I, I mean, and I get what you're saying. But to me, it's like, again, I think that and it's such an important lesson is like 
there's such a difference between being egotistical, sure. you know, and, you know, tooting your own horn, mm-hmm. being like, look at me, I'm wonderful. Yeah. And, and you just being like, wow, the things I'm doing are really cool and I'm really proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I'm hoping and wishing for you is that you can do just that, that you can, you can be proud of yourself. Sure. You know what? I, well, I am proud of myself, but I've always just kind of lived under the whole philosophy of like, you know, show me, don't tell me kind of thing. And so my, you know, I'm, I'm proud of the product I, I put out. So I'm proud of my photos. I'm proud of my videos. And, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my, um, I want to say like self-worth can be found like in the product. So like, I, I, I don't have to speak for myself because my, my product speaks for me kind of thing. Right. And so like, I've never really felt the need to be like, oh, well, I'm this person for this title for this job because like well because you know because look at it that's right there yeah and i respect you for that and i really do and i Mm -hmm. and i try to understand that Mm -hmm. like i said just as a mom i'm just hoping that you do have that sense of accomplishment because again you know what nobody put you through college but yourself you know nobody you you from just being like I'm going to do something with my life start Mm -hmm. to finish. I mean, nobody handed you a scholarship. Nobody handed you anything. Mm -hmm. You found your grants, you commuted, you did Mm -hmm. all of this. And I'm just really proud of you for that. And I just want to make sure that you share in that. um, You share that. Yeah. It's kind of funny because I was thinking about it. I don't remember who I was talking to about it, but a lot of, it's interesting too, because a lot of my like, huge life-changing moments, Stranger has been a part of almost all of them. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. A big old goofball. Well, you know what? You just found that comfort level and you found that. I think when you are to that point where you are needing that life change or Mm -hmm. you're needing that U-turn or you're Mm -hmm. needing that push, you need his energy and you seek him out. Yeah, that's a good point. And he's there for you to just basically help guide you to that next, Mm. that next level. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of like your spirit animal. He really is. I mean, because he's... He was he was there at almost every pivotal moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, every like big game changing chapter in my life, I, he is in some way related to it. Well, he has the cool. most amazing soothing energy, yeah, pretty I much out text of him. I can, I'll, I'll call him today on the way to yeah Oceanside. Seriously, it's like just watching him paddleboard. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, right. You yeah, know, it's, it's like a, it's just yeah, like it's since a, cool a calm, cat. just watching yeah. him just go by, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, this is the most peaceful moment I've ever been. It's funny because when I talk to him on the phone, like I literally have to dedicate like forty minutes, and we don't talk about anything in particular, but we just talk about everything, and it's just a good time. Yeah. Um, we're definitely on the same like yeah and i think that truthfully i think he is there during these moments because you seek him out to help you yeah makes sense you know he just has that good energy yeah um but okay so speaking of chapters and things like that i thought it would be cool to segue into the because i know you and i are going to ask each other two different questions or one question each and and i can't remember how i worded it last night but um my question to you would be you know, because I, I overhear you in your lives and stuff like that because you're not a very mm-hmm. quiet talker. And, um, <laughs> I have to pronunciate. Yeah. Well, those are just good. Um, but like, you know, people are always asking you for advice and, you know, how do you find yourself and, you know, what were you doing at this walk of your life and kind of mm-hmm. thing like that. So I guess what would be your quote unquote like aha moment or, or when did you find your voice or kind of things like that? Because, you know, because when the start of your social media, you were very, I know you were kind of on the rocks, you were like, yo, I don't know what to do. I don't mm-hmm. know which box to fit under. You know, like you were trying to like get in this kind of niche where I feel like you were kind of not necessarily conforming, but you were like, okay, I will have to be this kind of on-screen personality. Uh, where, where Do you remember when there was like, oh yeah, I can just, this is it. You know, it's, I don't think that there was absolutely like one moment, but looking back at it i've always i've always had a voice i've always been opinionated you know and i've always had that strong sort of um i've just had this is just who i am Mm -hmm. but i think the difference is is that when i had opinions and i had a voice before i was coming from a a place of fear sure you know i was saying things but i was it, it was out of fear you know i wasn't i wasn't comfortable with myself i i hadn't really found myself um you know, of course, I got my sobriety, mm-hmm. and then I started finding out who I really was. And I, I, I thought about this, and it's, it's, it's really weird. But my social media, for as much as I help, you know, people tell me I help them, um, I've been helping myself too. So every time I give advice, I try to take the same advice. Mm. Every time I tell somebody to love themselves, I have to remind myself to love myself. And 
it's it's getting to, it has gotten to the point where I mean I do like who I am and when I like who I am the messages that I'm speaking I'm speaking out more from my heart and mm-hmm. in a good place than in that place of fear so people can say whatever they want to about social media but done right I think it's a really cool platform and um, I have just learned to discover me mm-hmm. and I'm letting that voice out more in a positive way. It's interesting too, because just thinking back on it, like in your first, especially when you started Instagram, you were super like, I don't say like concerned, but you, you were very, um, in a lot of ways, you're similar to how I was in a perfectionist where mm-hmm. like, it has to be the right photo. It has to be this kind of thing. And it's interesting to see it kind of evolve to you're like, oh, do you look at this TikTok I just made where I'm like sneezing and my, <laughs> my, my one eye is open and things like that. So like, where did you find, like, wh- when did you, I guess, stop caring about yeah. finding that perfection or, or finding like that perfect Instagram post. Cause remember how many photos we had to take in San Francisco? Oh my gosh. I remember. Yeah. Okay. So this whole journey, this whole journey of where we are today in the kitchen talking about life mm-hmm. all started at dinner one night. It was mm-hmm. a Sunday night and I still remember what I was wearing. I have a really weird photographic memory for, um, for um, times and places mm-hmm. and experiences and I had on a pair of ripped jeans, a t-shirt, and a cool jacket. Mm. And I remember sitting there eating, having dinner with you, and, and a lady walked by, and I went, oh, you know, it'd be cuter if she, you know, or I thought it would be cute if she had this, this, and this. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to show women my age, you know, over 50, that mm-hmm. you can still have a funky style. It doesn't matter what age. So that's what started the whole thing. Now, starting a so into any social media, it can be scary. I know. You were really afraid of, like, what people would think about you. Yeah, because, I mean, I wasn't... I how can I put this? It's it's, I wasn't, I was still finding myself. I was still sure. learning myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't care what people said. I was, I had a, I, you know, I, I'd kind of put a mission statement, but I was very concerned about the quality, you know, the, the, what people were going to think, were they going to be like, wow, this is weird, mm-hmm. you know? And then, um, I could, I didn't fit in anywhere, you know, which has always been the story of my life. I've never fit in. Mm-hmm. I've always kind of had my own path. You know, the women over 50, um, I had too many tattoos, you know, in the tattoo world, I was too old. Mm -hmm. And I still remember talking to you about that. And you're like, well, then you just need to find your own path. And ever since I stopped trying to fit into either one of those niches, there's my aha moment right there. I just had to talk it out. Um, When I stopped trying to fit into that niche, somebody else's niche, I found my own and it's just flourished Mm. from there. It's kind of weird how you can, I guess I'm sure like, obviously you're on TikTok a lot more than I am, but I'm sure it's easier to like, you can see the people who are kind of like, they know who they are, you know, they, they, they know exactly what, what they bring to everything versus like the TikTokers who are like, or just maybe just social media influencers in general, where they're just kind of like, shmeh. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because it's like, I, I watch, um, some people who have been following me for a really long time and I'll see some TikToks they do. And it just, I just want to message them. I'm like, please stop talking negatively about yourself. Mm. You know, making fun of yourself. I mean, I can post a TikTok with like one eye open and, you know, sneezing in this because I like that message. I like that message of, hey, I'm not perfect. You know, here I am, you know, raw and all that good stuff. But that's a big difference from being like, you know, my forehead's too big and I'm old. Oh, sure. And just that energy. I just want to be Mm. like, please don't do that. Mm -hmm. You know, you're just the only person you're hurting is yourself. Yeah. You know, so it's to me, it's like just finding your own groove and being comfortable with who you are. I mean, the the turning point was when I was like, I'm not putting content out to please anybody. Mm-hmm. I'm putting content out to share a message, to to sure. inspire, to, mm-hmm. you know, just to show people that, hey, I'm just a 56-year-old lady with gray hair and mm-hmm. tattoos, mm-hmm. and but I'm living my life. I'm yeah. living a good life. And whatever your life is, it can be a good life. You know, you can let go of those social pressures and you can just be happy with who you are in the moment mm. yeah it's interesting some i forget uh, it's so funny because i forget how much of an influence you have on people because like to brandon and i i'm sure brandon i don't want to speak for him but i'm sure he probably falls in the same boat where we're just like yeah, there's my goofy ass mom doing <laughs> something like you know with her because you had that selfie stick for a little bit and i wanted to just break it it was a very important and selfie then, stick yeah and then you had the tripod for a little bit where now you're just you're a little, you're a lot more comfortable with making content so it's mm-hmm. not as it's not as painful for to watch 
Um, but you're like, you know, I forget how much of a reach you have on people and, you know, exactly, you know, how much of the internet has noticed and, and seen your stuff. Like sometimes I'll look and be like, oh yeah, there's, she's got like 7 million views on, like when I was in Africa, right? Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, she's got like 3 million views on one of her, photo, her videos. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And, uh, and then like, you know, like, that's, that's where it stops. So I, you know, like, you're like, oh, good for her. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Like, but like, you've never like your, I would say like your personality has never changed. And, that's and, really and, important for me though yeah yeah you've never been like i've never been like oh god she was you know look at her now she look at her doing her thing she's different no it's never been you're still just the same goofy personal space invader that you've always <laughs> been you know but it's important though because if i if the, the if i change under if i change then my mm. message changes yeah and i can't preach to be true to yourself and then change then change sure you know now we evolve yeah you know, no, i've grown but that's different i'm just i'm saying like you know you're never like hey gray hair and tattoos is walking in the building like kind of thing like <laughs> move peasants you've just been like no you know you know a lot of ways you're similar to i am in regards to um you know like the product you put out like you're you're just as like when we were at target right before i left and yeah. that girl was like hey i know you you're on social media and you're like huh? <laughs> and you kind of like scurried away like you know you yeah it doesn't go to your head and um, you know, you're not like this, I don't want to say conceited or anything like that, but you're not, this is, you're not, you I guess your social media presence isn't affecting your personality. It's, it's, it, it hasn't in any way. And, and that, well, you know what? Nice. I have two very good watchdogs watching yeah. over me. I mean, mm-hmm. you and Brandon, um, I mean, for could you and Brandon would say something from the very get go. Oh yeah. If there's something that irritated us, Brandon and I would not hesitate. And whatever content I always put out, if it's even remotely like something that I think that you all would be uncomfortable mm-hmm. with, I run it by you first. Yeah. Because again, you know, given our past and, and the relationship that we have rebuilt, mm-hmm. to me, that's more important than anything. Mm-hmm. So it, it's that you and Brandon keep me humble. Sure. You like know? that stupid TV show thing you tried hooking us up with. <laughs> I was so pissed. I had, we had just gotten that car accident and I was so over it. So you were in Africa and you got into a car accident got into a car and accident, it was not a, our car. and it was, I was going to say, and it was not a fender bender. No. It was like a, like you could have, yeah, it's like up, an end of life kind of that, like we were talking about the other day. Like if the, it, so we have, we ended up hitting a cow uh, in the middle of the, in the middle of the road, we were going like 40 or 50. And so it was a big ass cow and had the cow, not been where it was or had we gone a little faster or had or the it, horns or the you know the, yeah had it hit it straight on or it just in any any situation mm-hmm. in which it was different we, it probably would have ended in a serious injury if not a fatality and you know we just got hit and i'm my neck's bleeding and i'm pissed and i'm tired and um all of a sudden i get this text from you and you're like what do you think and it's like this have your mom hook up with younger guy dating show. And I'm like, I swear to God, I will murder. I don't everyone. even think. Yeah. So we got offered or I got offered like this, um, to, um, to audition for mm-hmm. a kind of a reality show where Robert and Brandon would have tried to have found me, um, a younger guy to date. Yeah. And, uh, Brandon was like, no, but the funny part is, is cause Brandon always says no. Sure. You know, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like, Hey, Brandon. it could be something Brandon likes and he was still, yeah. Hey Brandon, do you want to eat your favorite dinner? No. Mm. And then he'll be like, Hey, would you mind cooking me that? Yeah. So I knew Brandon was going to say no right away. Mm-hmm. So instantly I'm like, no, you need to think more outside of the box. You need to stop saying no all the time, you know, blah, blah, blah. So I almost had Brandon and I really wasn't going to do it. It was more the idea of like mm-hmm. somebody wanted to do it. So Brandon was like, no. And then I asked you and no sooner than that text went through, then you were Oh, nothing. Oh, no. then no sooner did that text go through that you were like, no. No. Yeah. No. You're like over my dead body. Or yeah. so it was, was like adamant. Yeah. You're, and I'm all like, well, I guess this is no. Yeah. You know? I thought it was a joke at first. And then you were like, no, serious. And I was like, I swear if I wasn't a couple thousand miles away. Yeah. I'd put you in a home. Yeah. Well, you know what? And that's just the whole thing. It's, it's like, so you and Brandon keep me grounded. Um, and... I just think like, personally, I think if I did change, if I did, you know, kind of just get like maybe more egotistical or mm-hmm. this or that, my message would change. And, yeah. and there's too many, there's too many young women out there who look to me for, um, for guidance that 
I think it would be wrong on me to be like, oh, you know what, I'm, I'm too busy or, mm-hmm. you know, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just not, that's just not what I'm all about. Sure. You know, yeah. so, but you know what, and then, um, and it's amazing because I do get a lot of questions on my lives and on my, um, you know, on both accounts and more often than not, I get people asking me, um, what advice would I give to like a 20 or 30 year old? Mm-hmm. So I always come up with an answer, but I personally, well, what's your answer? My answer is this. Okay. So it is pretty much the same answer every time. First thing you got to do is you got to stop putting pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. I mean, social con, you know, society says that at a certain age, you have to be a certain way. You know, if you're this age, you should be in, in high school. If you're mm-hmm. this age, you should be in college. At this age, you should be married. At this age, you should have children. At this age, you should do this. And society puts so much pressure on young people to be at a certain st- at a certain state that they put they don't even allow themselves to let their lives unfold or- organically. Sure. Okay. So instead of like listening to your heart and just being like, you know what, I don't want to go to college. I want to travel through Europe. I'm going to find my path there, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. They, they feel the pressures of society pushing on them to be a certain way. And they're not allowing themselves to actually unfold the way that they should. Yeah. So that's always my advice is just don't let society tell you where you should be. Just listen to yourself and follow your own path. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if more people followed their own path, there would be less miserable people in the world. Sure. You know, and so that's just what I always try to tell them is just let, let your life happen and stop putting so much pressure on yourself. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is what advice would you give them? I mean, what? so you're, you're turning 30 tomorrow. 31. 31 tomorrow. Oh, my Lord. So you're turning 31 tomorrow. Um, what advice would you give a 20-year-old? Well, it's, it's interesting because like on paper, a 20 year old's an adult, but when I was 20, I was so far from, you know, an adult experience that like it, it would have been kind of crazy if you were like, Hey, I need you to go to college or get a job. Because when I was 20, I did not want anything. Mm-hmm. I really didn't want anything when I was that age. And, and so like, if somebody was like, Oh, well, you know, you need to do this or that or this or this, I, I, I would probably melt down and I can see where a lot of people feel that pressure, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if I had to give advice to anybody i guess i would just say like you know it's okay like to any regards of it you know it's all right like you know you don't know what you're doing that's perfectly fine you know you don't know where you're going to college you don't even know if you're going to go to college it's perfectly okay like you don't know what you want to do with when you with your life that's perfectly fine you're 20 years old you're right. you're a baby in in a lot of aspects you know uh you, you know and that's the thing is i don't think i think people worry so much about like what they're going to do that they're not really looking at the moment, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and just in the inspiration that's around them, you know, cause when I first, when I really started really finding my calling and, and where I wanted to be in life, it was like, maybe like I was sober for like five months and we went, it was actually for my birthday. I, th- I think it was for my birthday. It was somewhere. It was down in La Jolla with Jason and Luke and Heater and we went snorkeling in La Jolla mm-hmm. and I remember snorkeling in, in, in eelgrass and it was like two feet of water. I didn't realize it at the time. Yeah. It was like two feet of water and there's eelgrass like in my face. And I was like hyperventilating because I was so scared. And, um, you know, I, I, it was such an opening experience. And, I, you know, after I was like, oh, my gosh, this is awesome. You know, like I really like the ocean. I'm going to start making it a thing. And then that kind of evolved slowly into, you know, what is my career path now? And, you know, like I guess I think people need to stop worrying so much about what other people want from them and kind of just opening their eyes to what's around them already. Right. You know, and, and I think also too, like, you know, like ch- I, I feel like you, like you said, if people did more what they wanted to do instead of what people expected them to do, then I think generally people, people would be a lot more happier. Right. You know? So would you consider that, that snorkeling experience like your aha moment? No, no. Um, it's so weird because it's like, there's so many different parts of, of, my life that I've, that have been those kind of like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call it aha moments, but I would say chapters or like check mark checkpoints that would kind of lead to the next thing. So the first one would probably be that moment. And then the second would probably be, um, camping either in like have a supai or in Yosemite or something like that and realizing my love for nature. And then I guess the, the, if I had to put anyone, if I had to have one, mm-hmm. it was when I was in Cal state Fullerton and I was doing a, the Cal state Fullerton communications um, teacher, he had us do a report about something, uh, 
public or something like local, something government, and then something, I forget the third topic, but one of them was stranger getting immune deficiency disorder from, oh. from surfing in mm-hmm. the, in uh, Doheny point after, after a rainstorm. Cause after the rain, all the sewage and river runoff from the, the San Gregorio river, like up in LA goes into the ocean and stranger ended up getting sick about that. And so I wrote a report about that and I was like, Oh my gosh, like the environment's kind of a big thing. Like we should, should more people should be reporting about it. Cause nobody reports about it. Right. And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to report about it. And then that ended up growing into my love for environmental uh, journalism. And so if I had a, a, a one unha moment, it would be sitting in comm room 201 <laughs> um, in the basement of the, of the comm building. Yeah, because I mean, here's, I mean, because they're your aha moments, but like you said, I think you have so many have lot, yeah. that they're so, they're really hard for you to, mm-hmm. um, to point them out. Mm-hmm. But I mean, here's a little sidekick that, you know, not very many people know about you, but you used to do stand up comedy. Mm-hmm. And did that stand up comedy lead to that career path of the broadcast journalism? Yeah, it totally did. Well, not in ways that I wouldn't expect it to. Yeah. Because I went to, community college because all my friends went to all my friends went to community college so Jay, uh, Austin Alan um, Patrick you know Johnny mm-hmm. Ardian uh, they all went to community college right and I was like oh man I'm so bored you know they would come back and they're like oh we had lunch you know we all got subway after school and we got to hang out and I'm like oh dude I want to hang out with my friends like right so I started going to community college just to hang out with my friends and at the time I was doing stand-up comedy and I really wanted to be a late night talk show host. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was like, that's, that's what, I, that's what I want in life. I want to be a late night talk show host. Um, and so they ended up dropping out of community college, but I stayed, I stayed at community college and for, I think for like two or three more years, it took me a long time to get out of there just because the first year or two years, I just took one or two classes just to Well, you had to them. work. Yeah. You had to support yourself. Yeah. But it was more of just, it was more of just, I wanted to be there just to hang out with my friends, um, so that wasn't education wasn't a driving factor for me going, but you know, I, I, I stayed with it cause I really wanted to be a late night talk show host. And mm-hmm. then I went to Cal state Fullerton and, um, you know, still with that, the idea. And they were like, well, if you want to be a late night talk show host, you should have a degree in journalism or a degree in broadcasting. So I ended up switching my majors to broadcasting journalism. And then on my first semester at Cal state Fullerton is when I had yeah. that aha moment and then everything switched to environmental journalism. Right. Because I remember, um, and again, it's just uh, here again, I, I'm going back to like our first topic of how much you've done on your own Mm -hmm. that sometimes I think just having conversations like this kind of like, I don't know, I just, it it leads to other things that you've done. But I remember you telling me when you started going back to school Mm -hmm. that you always felt, um, you wanted to prove to yourself that you were smart. Yeah. Yeah, because all through high school, I got told I was stupid. Yes, you know, and um, I mean, and unfortunately, I was drinking and I had no support system for sure. you. So you were 100% on your own. Mm-hmm. And I remember you, it, it, it's so cool that instead of you believing what you were told mm-hmm. and having that negative mm-hmm. thought going through your head, you're mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to prove to myself that I'm not stupid. Yeah. You know, and you were on the, the, um, Dean's the, list for all four years. Yeah. For all uh, two years. I can't remember how long it was in Cal State Fullerton. I think two years. Yeah. It was like two and a half, I think. Yeah. yeah. And just to me, it's like, again, just mm-hmm. the sheer grit that you had to do that. Sure. You know, is well, that's the thing though, is I don't like people telling me what to do and mm-hmm. I did not like through high school people, you know, people said I was stupid. And then I remember like I was in like the, I don't, I don't want to call it like the, I was in like an assisted learning class yeah. and things like that. And so I remember it was the way you processed your, your, yeah. Cause your, I'm, oh, I've just, I'm dyslexic and I have dyslexia. And so it, they put me in this and I remember cause Johnny and Alan were there and it was fun <laughs> to hang out with them. Yeah. But I remember I was sitting in cause I, I really like history and I really like geography. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in, they would always take us out and we'd go into separate you know, like a assisted, like learning, assisted learning yeah, um, classroom. And I remember it was a, it was a U.S. history um, test and I knew all the answers. And I remember looking over and there was one of the instructor aides giving another student all of the answers. And so he was like, oh, it's A, it's B, you know, it's C kind of thing. And that took your... That- it, well, it, you know, it made me, I was like, well, what, you know, like, I don't know. I just, it didn't sit right with me. And so, you know, I, ever since then, I've always been like, oh, well, you know, this sucks. And so like, it kind of, 
yeah, it kind of just made me like not sad, but I was like, you know what? I'll show you guys. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I'll sh- I'll prove to I'll prove to the world that that I'm not. Well, as dumb all as of a sudden, yeah, because all of a sudden it took your accomplishment away. Because they wouldn't know that you knew it. Yeah, they yeah, were exactly. going to just think that this this aid gave mm-hmm. you all the answers. Mm-hmm. So it took your proud moment away from mm-hmm. you. Yeah, and, and, I, and I don't like people telling me that, you know, what I, a way that I am. Like, I, people are like, oh, he's probably just not that smart. Like, you know, I'll show you exactly how smart I am. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I hate, I hate, for whatever reason, it's a huge pet peeve. It's, it's people saying they're going to do stuff that they don't actually, like, follow through with. And then people uh, telling me what to do. In yeah. terms of like, oh, don't do that. Like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I don't know if it's the Leo in me. No, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's a lot of childhood trauma yeah, in maybe. you, yeah. you know. And yeah. it's, and, and I have to apologize. I mean, and I really mean this from the bottom of my heart. If I ever try to communicate, if I communicate with you wrong, mm-hmm. you just got to tell me. Because, I mean, sure. I can't, I mean, something that I say might not to me in my mind be mm-hmm. a triggering thing to you i wouldn't say well i would never say that i'd be triggered from like a past trauma experience i mean if i don't like it i'll tell you but yeah but the problem is is that sometimes you don't tell me you just clam up well also too like i'll tell you and then you'll be like no <laughs> no you're wrong yeah exactly yeah and no, so it's, it's, it's easier and it's more of a self-defense mechanism but it's easier just to be like oh okay cool and you just walk away yeah Yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely it's but I do try. I mean, Mm -hmm. as I grow as a person, as I am, you know, finding myself as I am finding that it's okay to communicate. It's something that we that I really want for us to reap that benefit also. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, well, there's I mean, there's no there's no, you know, shortcuts to life kind of thing. Like it it doesn't I, I would never consider like growing up or just being just being alive is easy you know it's a it's a struggle for sure oh yeah i used to i remember i used to tell your dad all the time i don't know who you know i don't i used to be like life isn't easy why Mm -hmm. are you why are you fighting life Mm -hmm. life is a shit show yeah you know it's like one dumpster fire after the next yeah and i just never could get that it's Mm -hmm. like who in the fuck told you that this was going to be easy Mm -hmm. you either rise up to Mm -hmm. the occasion and you do it or go to the back of the line and start whining. Yeah. You know? What's well, interesting, because thinking about it, I would be like, well, if I, got, if I got to here, then I'll be happy kind of thing. Or if I got this, I'll be happy. Like, you know, all I got to do is get to college and I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all I got to do is graduate and then I'll be happy. And then it's like, all I got to do is this. And then, but it's really not, it's, it's really not the case, you know? And to think like that's really, it's a very dangerous way of thinking. You well, know. yeah, because it keeps you constantly not happy. Yeah, you're constantly like let down and you're like, or like, or if like you're so focused about what's going to happen, you kind of, mm-hmm. you're not, you're not observing around. Well, you. you're constantly, it's like that, it's like that person who's running a race mm-hmm. and they see the tape mm-hmm. and they're just about ready to break through it and they move the tape Yeah, and you have to keep running the race. Mm. So every once in a while you have to say like, you know what, it's not. It's not winning the race. It's the simple fact that I'm running it. Mm-hmm. That's going that's what makes me happy. Sure. You know, no no outside um, accomplishment is going to make you happy. Mm-hmm. You you are the only ones that can you are the only one that can do that for yourself. Yeah. You know, you can have motivations, you can have goals, you can you can have things that you want to achieve, but that's not going to make you happy. You know, it's the old saying like money's not going to make you happy. You know, a lot of people are like, if I get a really good job and then I don't have to worry about bills, I'm going to be happy. No, you're just, if you're not a happy person, you're not a happy person. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a whole lot of life lessons. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy how it all works out like that, you know? Well, coming back to the first topic, I'm still super proud of you. Oh, well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. You yeah. Know. And you know, but then that's, again, unfortunately, it's something that, um, I think maybe I I overboard my my yeah. mother pride a yeah, little bit. Yeah, a lot of ways. You know, but to me, it's like I just can't say it enough. Sure. Yeah, and I know that sometimes you you and Brandon are kind of like, well, I'm adults. Yeah, I'm we're like, kind of like grown ass men, you know. And so it's weird too because there's a lot of times where it's like I don't need my mom, and then there's times <laughs> that'll happen. You're like, oh my god, I I miss my mommy. You yeah. know, like but I don't think I don't think at any age that ever kind of goes away. Yeah. And you know, and truthfully, as a mom, it's, I have to gauge it based on when you do need me, Mm -hmm. I just need to be there. Sure. And when you need your space, I just need to give you space. I mean, that's the only gift I can give, give both of you right now is that, that gift of, yeah, if you need me, I'm always there for you. Yeah. 
you know and i would i would stop drop and roll anything for you and brandon yeah you know that's just it nothing yeah that's all that's all we've been asking (laughs) well it's taken me a while to get there i mean like i said our journey has not been that has not been an easy journey but i Mm -hmm. still think it was a journey that we had to have to get to where we are today sure and do you think that that's a cop-out or do you really think that that's a reality given the latter would i have chosen an easy or a fun childhood probably but you know i mean there's no use wishing over what could have been kind of thing the important thing is that we're here now and you know our relationship's fine and you know we're all happy and healthy and alive and you know that's all that's all that really matters at the end of the day yeah today on my live i was talking about papa Mm -hmm. and how hard he raised auntie vicky and i just you know just you know he just wanted us to be able to defend ourselves you know he wanted to give us that skills and it just never ceases to amaze me as as rough as he was on me and auntie vicky and again i'm going to say this he it was never like a physical you know he was never never hit us never he just wanted us well his background was you know he wasn't he, no, he grew he up was, in an orphanage. He, yeah, grew up in an orphanage. Then he went straight to Korea. Yeah, you know, and then he came home, and then he had you and Auntie Vicky. So yeah, it's, I mean, it's not that he didn't love you, or it's not that the way in which he raised you was, you know. Oh, no, no, like no, and difficult. that's yeah, but no, and I love everything about him, yeah. and every the, I wouldn't have wanted him to raise me any other way. Sure. But where I was going is is as as rough as 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 hard as he raised me and Auntie Vicky, he has so loved you and Brandon. I mean. <laughs> I, I, uh, yeah. Why do you say that? Well, he scared the shit out of me. He scared the shit out of I mean, everybody I've, just I've, by standing I've there. I've never like I've never been so hopelessly like I've never like loved anybody as hard as you know. I mean like I really loved my grandpa, but I was so so afraid Hello, until the day uh, that until was the day me. He died. Yeah, that I was remember, me as a child. Yeah, there was. Well, I remember like so he, he passed. Well, a couple uh, a while ago now. So I was maybe like 21, 22, 23. Mm-hmm. Um, he passed in 2012. Okay. So yeah. So I was, okay. So I was about maybe like 19, 20. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember we, he had the, he had the pool down at the, at the, at the community <laughs> pool, right? Yeah. So I'm like 20 years old and all my friends and, you know, we're over there jumping and they're doing cannonballs into the jacuzzi. jacuzzi. Yeah. And well, oh, but I, the thing is, is you used Papa's key I used to Papa's get, key to get in. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize that like, they, they like have little key numbers and so when you scan the key it logs it yeah. and they videotaped us jumping in the jacuzzi and so they called papa and they're like hey just so you know we have on footage you know whoever used your key last was jumping in the jacuzzi if this happens again we're gonna ask for our key back and i remember papa called me and he was like hey i want my key back you know like this is what yeah. happened and i was crying <laughs> the entire drive over it was like a he lived like half a mile away so i'm crying for half a mile i'm trying yeah. to, i'm going like five miles an hour i'm terrified yeah you know but i've never loved or respected anybody as much as i love and respect him yeah you know? oh yeah no i remember i'd ask barbu something like hey can i go here and i know she did that on purpose she'd be like it's fine with me so long as it's okay with your father yeah. and i'd be like forget it i don't want to go yeah nope Mm -hmm. It is not that important. You Mm -hmm. are not sending me out to the garage to talk to him. And I was his own daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, there was, and, but that doesn't mean he didn't love me. He was just that tough. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Stern. I remember it was really, you know, the coolest part is to like see him laugh because he did it so rarely. Yeah. Um, When he laughed about something, you're like, man, this had to have been funny. Funny. Oh yeah. yeah. And it was always just like, like a, like kind of like a Rodney Dangerfield kind of moment. Yeah. 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 So. Oh, yeah. No, when he laughed, you're all like, stop. Yeah. He's laughing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I forget what we were talking about with him. About what we were talking about mm-hmm. him? Oh, because as hard as, as, as tough as he raised me and Auntie Vicky, oh, you yeah, guys. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you were his boys. Well, Brandon was his boy. You were too. I you was, were just a grandma's boy. But Yeah, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's a whole different topic a whole for different, a, different, whole a whole different episode. Podcast, yeah. But yeah, no, he just, he absolutely, and I, and to me, that was such a blessing that mm-hmm. we lived close to them mm-hmm. and he, and he was able to be there in yours and Brandon's lives mm-hmm. and give you a role model. Yeah. I mean, you know what a strong man is like, yeah. and that's him. Brandon acts so much like him sometimes. Oh my gosh. No. Well, yeah. He no. used to. I mean, you know, that's not to say he used to, but when you, when he's out in public, he has a lot of pop-up mannerisms. Very much so. But he, Brandon's a lot like me. 
Mm-hmm. And I was a lot like Barbu. Yes. So poor well, Bar- He's got Papa mannerisms, not personality. He acts like Barbu. He acts like Barbu. Yes. So that's, and you're just straight. I mean, you just, you, you just act like him. You know, sometimes it's weird to think about it, but there's sometimes like, um, especially too, like when I'm in Africa or when I'm someplace, like it would, I would have really liked for him to see it. Like if he would have saw me now, like he, he would probably be proud. Oh, I know he would have been, but he was proud of you, mm-hmm. you know, before he passed away. Yeah. You know, I have pictures. I remember like when we would go to our Sunday breakfasts and stuff like mm-hmm. that. He didn't talk to me. He talked to you and Brandon. Yeah. He felt like it was, you know, that's who he connected with. Those mm-hmm. were his times that he needed to sit down with his grandchildren and, you know, tell stories and laugh sure. and, yeah. you know, and th- those were important times to him. Mm-hmm. It was, it wasn't, it wasn't about the food. It was about connecting with you and him. Sure. You know? And that was just, that was just my dad. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I don't, re- I don't regret. I mean, I'm so thankful that they moved so close because we had such a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when they, when they both passed, I never like had any regrets about the, you know, not spending enough time with them or anything like that. But I, if I did have a regret, it would be that I couldn't share those adventures with them. You know, these one these ones now. So. Yeah. But you just got to know he's happy. Mm-hmm. You know, all those stories he told you, Mm -hmm. you have taken those life lessons and you've gone forward to do what you do. And that's, you know, and like I'm saying, it's like the sheer grit of which you have pulled yourself out of nothing Mm -hmm. reminds me exactly of how my father out of sheer grit pulled himself out of nothing and ended up having a beautiful family and a home. And he took nothing and made something and you and yourself have done the exact same thing. Mm. So it's like, you can say, I'm really proud of my grandfather for, for making something out of nothing. You should take that some that same self love Mm -hmm. and give that to yourself too, because it's very much duality in that. Yeah. Bam. Mom knowledge. Take that. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But everybody can take that lesson of, you know, Every once in a while, I think everybody should stop and just write down a list of things that they're uh, proud of themselves, accomplishments. You know, I'm a good person. You know, I volunteer, whatever it is you do, Mm -hmm. because sometimes it's easier to see the good in others and it's not so easy to see it in yourself. Sure. It's like the detective's curse. You know, you're so close to the to the problem. You don't really see the, the answer. Yeah. And sometimes people are so, you know, we're so hard on ourselves normally mm-hmm. that it's really it's just taking the the blinders off and just being like hey you know what i'm a good person i'm gonna like myself so yeah. that's that's what i encourage and i think that's that's one of the reasons why my popularity is what it is on social media is because i'm telling people to like themselves you know i'm telling people that it's okay to not be perfect yeah. you know you know, it's, we're not supposed to look like each other. Mm-hmm. We're just supposed to be good people and be happy with who we are. It's, it's kind of weird though. Now that you say it, like there's so many different avenues of social media that there's yet. There's so few that like, Hey, it's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to, you know, be this kind of way, as long as you love yourself kind of thing. Like it's a, it's weird that that's a, that's a rare a commodity to come across. It breaks my heart when I see people post TikToks of like, hey, you know what? I came out to my parents and they've mm-hmm. disowned me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, my my father says that I'm, you know, a horrible person or a slut because I have a tattoo. And I'm like, you, I just couldn't imagine continuing. I couldn't imagine saying that to you and Brandon. Sure. You know, what would, where would your, I mean, could you imagine just having the person that you love the most just saying horrible things to you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I know that we have our past and we'll talk about my drinking and raising you all in other episodes. But as we stand here today, I mean, I just want to know that I encourage you and I love you to be absolutely who you are. Yeah. You know, and, I, and if I have to do a TikTok and tell somebody that I see them and I love them and I acknowledge them and it makes them feel better, then that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. You know. Because unfortunately, sometimes people don't have that at home. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, it's rough. It's yeah. It's a hard world we live in. It, you know what? Like I said, it's a shit show. Mm-hmm. And it's just a matter of what you do with it. Mm-hmm. If anything, I think it's harder to grow up now than it was probably when you were a kid. Because you have so much more 
uh, external pressures nowadays than you did back then. You know, because back then you could work at a grocery store, you know, as a checker and buy a house. Whereas now, it was just no, it was a different pressure. I mean, back how? then you um, women went to high school, got married, and had kids. Okay, that was your social pressure. Yeah, you know, you were there to make sure your husband was happy. Mm. You know, social pressures don't. They're not. I don't personally think they're any harder today than they were the other day. They're just harder in different ways. Well, it's not magnified to the extent that it is today. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not. You well, know, life is faster. Yeah, life is quicker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you didn't pick up a newspaper or read a letter, you didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. You know, now you only have to do is open your phone and you can see all, you know, you can pretty much see what's going on in the entire world. Yeah. But um, when I was growing up, it was a slower pace. Mm. But um, there were still there were still pressures. They were just different. Mm. You know, my roller skates had metal wheels. That wasn't fun. Yeah. We had lead in our lead in the paint on our toys, and you know, but that was just it. It's like, it, and I don't take anything away from the youth for today and the pressures of society, but just know that it's pressure's been there forever. Again, it's what you do with it. Sure, you know. So, and it's just because sometimes if you think that it's really super bad or if it's really super hard, it makes it almost impossible to break out of. Like how? Well, if you're like, this is, it couldn't get any worse or, you know, it's like, you know, it's just, if you think about the negative, it's really hard to find the positive. Okay. That's yeah. But also too, though, like, I mean, those, those pressures could also be a motivator though. You know, like I'm, I'm at rock bottom, you know, so like. The difference between those kind of things are, it's like the line is like a, a hair. It's, sure. it, you know what, you can go from being like, I'm going to have this out as a motivation. And then with a blink of an eye, it could be negative self-talk because you haven't accomplished it. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, a, da- it's a dangerous rope. It's a tight rope. It's a tight rope and mm-hmm. you just have to, and like I always say, you have to monitor it daily because you just never know. You don't want it to fall off on the wrong side. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know that everybody like, and everybody has that kind of negative voice in their head oh yeah you know and i and and i think and i think that's another thing too like with social media is like you see these you 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 see what people want to show you know like you see this personality or this this influencer and they choose what they want to disclose to the rest of the world and so like you know what's 10 percent of their life may not your or 10 percent of their day may not may not be the whole thing and so they might on appearance be incredibly happy but who knows what kind of uh, external pressures or oh, know, yeah. negative thoughts they must have as well. Well, you know what, if they were all in, I mean like celebrities, if mm-hmm. they were all incredibly happy, yeah. they wouldn't be getting divorced or have drug problems yeah. or, you know, it's all, we kind of build up this fantasy life that we want them to have too. Mm-hmm. And then when we find out that it's not really that, it's almost like a disappointment. Now, do you think that's why you do so well on your social media is because you don't ever, it doesn't seem like you've ever put yourself on a pedestal where you're like, Oh, well I'm, you know, I've made it to this, tier of 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 uh, followership or followership or anything like that where like oh i'm i'm better than anybody else where it it feels like you kind of magnify your your um what's the word i'm thinking my my non-perfection i would say yeah your faults or yeah your imperfections and things like that where you're like hey listen like yes i'm you know i'm turning 57 yes i'm a recovering alcoholic yes you know i've had these addictions and Mm -hmm. you know i'm proof that you don't have to know what you're doing or you don't even have to do it you know, you, you can you can hit rock bottom and still bounce back. And do you think that's why also? I think that's a um, I think that's part of it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also, too, because I look different. How so? Well, I don't look like your typical 50. I mean, I don't think I look like your typical 57 year old woman. You know, um, I I get a lot from people who are like, oh my gosh, I see what I can look like in the future Mm -hmm. because, you know, I am heavily tattooed and a lot of people, a lot of women in their twenties and their thirties are heavily tattooed. So it's like, wow, I can be 57 and tattoo and still have a sense of style and a Mm -hmm. sense of flair. I think that's something. Um, but again, the transparency of my life is a big factor of it because I'm not ashamed of my life. I have a past. I have a ugly fucking past and it's just, I either, learn from it and grow from it or it would chew me up and spit me out mm-hmm. I and mean, i choose to not let it chew me up and spit me out and the fact that you acknowledge it too is it kind of takes the the sting out of the bite you know mm-hmm. or instead of like you're like oh i'm ashamed of it i'm not going to talk about it 
you know, or like, I'm going to hide, I'm going to hide this aspect of, of who I really am kind of thing. Well, shame and guilt is what led me to alcoholism. Mm -hmm. So those are two emotions that I refuse to have anything to do with, mm -hmm. you know, they're unnecessary and given a chance to, to plant a, to plant a seed or to grow a root just is something that I'm just like, nope. Sure. Nope. I've experienced you. I don't like you go away. Mm -hmm. So I'm not, a sh I wouldn't say that. I'm, I mean, I don't talk about my sobriety a whole lot. Again, not out of shame or guilt or anything like that. It's just, again, I just don't, I, I don't find it relevant to talk to people about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, um, like when we were in Africa, Chile was like, Hey dude, let's go grab a beer. Like, no, cool. I don't drink. And he's like, Oh, okay. And he kind of, you know, we left it at that. And, but I've never, you know, I, I don't really tell people I'm an alcoholic or that I'm sober. Um, you know, often, you know, usually when people offer me alcohol, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I'm good. Yeah. You know? But that's your, but everybody has their own comfortability mm -hmm. level and you need to stay within what is comfortable yeah. for you. Yeah. You know, um, everybody's sobriety path is completely different. Sure. You know, there's, it's, it's like no two cheetahs have the same spot pattern. Mm -hmm. No two covering addicts have the same story. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to stay within you. Whereas I'm like, be proud of yourself. Do it this way. Mm -hmm. When it comes to anybody's individual sobriety, I'm very much like do it your way and find your comfort level, mm -hmm. you know, extremely important Sure. because I, I can't, you know, when people are like, well, you need to do this or why didn't you do that? I'm like, that's not in your business. I mean, that's not negotiable. Mm-hmm. My, my sobriety path is mine and mine alone. Yeah. And I, and again, and that's just nothing more than me wanting to give other people encouragement because I feel like given the platform that I have, if I can talk about my sobriety in a positive way mm -hmm. and be proud of it, I can show other people that they can do the same thing. Yeah. You know, and nowadays it seems it's pretty relevant or it's pretty common to find people who are either, you know, recovering alcoholics or just simply just don't drink, you know? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. The yeah. only problem is, is, I mean, nobody, nobody makes or says that sentence with the word heroin. You know what I mean? It's like, cause alcohol is so socially acceptable mm -hmm. that when you have a problem with it, it's almost like, Ooh. Yeah. You're like, Oh, yeah. what's wrong with you? you know? Yeah. Oh, you know, I, there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. No, there's nothing wrong with us. It's just that's particular drug that we happen to be addicted to. Sure. You know? So again, it's just nothing more than, than complete transparency. And it's just trying to motivate other, you know, not even motivate. And I never even tell anybody that they should or shouldn't drink. It's just, if you choose to not drink, just know that there is happiness on the other side of, on the other side. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say sobriety is, um, a gift that we give ourselves daily. Mm. Yeah. I couldn't, I could never do it again. No, no. If I, if I were to pick up a, a drink, I would, I might as well just walk down to the corner and hand my happiness away over to a stranger. Mm -hmm. So I've always thought of it. It's like, well, I've made it for so long where now it's like, I've got such a large streak that I couldn't, I, I wouldn't want to go back to zero. And I would be afraid of, if I started drinking again, I would probably lose everything I've, I've made, yeah, you know, just hand it over. Yeah. But this is that one time in your life where perfection mm -hmm. is a good thing. So yeah, keep that yeah, streak going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The one time where I'm like, okay, well I can't, yeah. I have to be the best sober person. Sober, you can be. Yeah. My, my sobriety has to be tip top. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's interesting though. Like I, I, in terms of perfectionist, I just, I, you know, I like being, I like being the best. I like being the, I like, uh, you know, I like standing behind my work and you know, every, Again, if I, it's if, that little tightrope. You just yeah. have to walk it carefully and mm -hmm. just check and see and make sure that, you know, if your foot goes on either side of that tightrope, that mm -hmm. it's on that, that side of yeah. a positive self-thinking. Yeah. You know, that's all I can say on that one. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so tomorrow's your 31st birthday. Yeah, I'll be turning 31. Yeah, so next week when we're, um, when we're doing our podcast, we can talk about our trip to San Francisco. Yeah, I'm excited to get my hair cut. Me too. Yeah. No, I saw my hair from, I mean, there's nothing wrong with my hair. It's just, it's, just, it's not cut. It's not cut. You know? Yeah. That's what's hard about having your barber in San Francisco. I know. The thing is, is I, I like walk towards the camera and I'm like, oh, that's cute. I walk mm -hmm. away. I'm like, Ugh. yeah, but sometimes I'll like catch myself in the mirror. I'm like, oh, yeah, so this is what we look like. <laughs> this is a shaggy looking dude. Yeah. You know, it's like I do have personal self care. I promise. Yeah. Like I promise I normally am well kept. Yeah, well, we have some, we have a cool day planned and I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's, um, I don't know, 31 just seems like it'd be a good year. 
you know what? It's going to be a great year. Yeah. It's going to be your year. I don't know about my year. I mean, I, I really don't care about birthdays. Brandon is the same way. Or, you know like, what? Truthfully, this year, I'm pretty much adapting the same mm-hmm. thing. To me, it's like I'm I'm constantly preaching that age is just a number. I'm not, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I know people are like, this is my birthday month or my birthday week. Or, you know, like it has to be about, you know, necessarily me. But Brandon and I are just, I, oh, shit. tomorrow every- I'm just working and I'm going to do the exact same thing I do every day. And Except go to the gym at four o'clock in the morning. I really, I really don't want to do that. Which is crazy because I do not know where Brandon got it worked up in his mind. <laughs> I don't that free, know. That you get a free, like, free guest pass. Which if you know anything about this gym, nothing is free. And why four o'clock in the morning? Because it doesn't make sense. Because it doesn't make sense. And he's so stubborn. He's so. He will not change He's like, mind. you're going to love it. You're going to wake up. You're going to get the workout out of the way. But little does he know is that I'm going to. Okay, so here's my plan tomorrow. You have to work out again with. I have to work out again at the night. And then I got to do cardio in the garage. So here's the, the day is I'm going to wake up at <laughs> four in the freaking morning, go to work out, 530, come home, shower. And then I have to be at Fallbrook at nine. And then I have to come back and I'm going to grab your birthday present. And then I got to work out in the garage. And then I got to do the real estate thing. And then I got to go back to the gym. And then I get to go to bed. So my birthday is going to be I guarantee you make it till like five o'clock. I don't want to, I don't want to go wait. I, but that's the thing that was like, I told him I would. And Brandon's the kind of person. You know, like, you're an early riser anyway. I know, but four in the morning to go work out is not my ideal. Well, I tell you what, if you can find the magical um, combination of making Brandon not stubborn and change his mind, I will pay you for There's that. No such thing. It there does not exist. is no such thing. It does not exist. Well, we'll have to hear about your birthday, your yeah. your twenty four hour birthday yeah, hoopla, F, dude. <laughs> F, there's no way it's gonna be a relaxing birthday. I mean, it'd be fun, it'd be nice, but it won't be. It yeah, won't be like, hey, you know, what'd what you do? You're like, I don't do anything. It's better that than setting at home. Yeah, very true. You know. It's it's better than that than not having anybody around you who doesn't care for yeah. you. You're yeah. surrounded by love and liberty. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get breakfast with Janae and James on Tuesday too. Oh, fun! So that'd be cool. Yeah, I have something on Tuesday. Oh yeah, my pedicure. Mm. Yeah. So I think that this was a yeah. a great episode. Yeah. Thank you for coming by and and I hope you guys made it to the end. Yeah, we had some deep. I mean, we had some good conversations and and I think that these conversations will this isn't a one and done because I think that mm-hmm. these subjects are so integrated into our lives. It's not like we'll talk about it every week. No, but it's not like but we're pretty familiar with it. The, like again, if they're relevant, we bring they, it up. Yeah. Yeah, because I know that um, when I did ask a lot of the viewers what they wanted to hear about, these are subjects that really? that they really wanted to hear about. Yeah. So as they come up organically in our conversations, I'm sure we'll be talking about these again. Cool. Yeah. I mean, if you guys, and if you have any questions or like if you want any questions to ask us, mm-hmm. um, I think you can do it on any of our social medias or our. Um, it depends on where you're, where you're listening at, but, um, gray hair and tattoos is, is my mom's Instagram and Twitter. So find her a messenger there. Yes. Um, it's easier to message me on Instagram Mm. or, um, I'm trying to think Twitter, but you don't ever check. Twitter. I don't really check Twitter. Oh yeah. Just, just message me on Instagram, Mm -hmm. gray hair and tattoos. Um, all the links are in the link tree. Yep. So you can, you can definitely get a hold of me one way or the other. Yeah. Cool. I know. Yeah. No, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun. So, it was a long, it was a long podcast. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. I, the conversation was flowing and we just needed to, yeah, we needed to finish our subjects. Totally. So, cool. all right. All right, guys. Until next week. Yay.